A child. A child. No. Boom. Child. No, no, no. Um, oh, no, I lost all my things. <laughs> what? Did it not autosave? No, I have my research. I had a couple tabs open because I wanted to describe them on the microphone and then show you the pictures so that you could see them because it's more spoopy that way. That is very spoopy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rain on me, 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 rain on me. No. No. LOL. Um. Okay, I think I got him. I should have started recording later. Why? Because we haven't really said anything. Oh. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. <laughs> LOL. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, ooh, yeah, okay. Got that. I'm just booting up. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, well, wow. Welcome to my podcast. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's yours. Yeah. Welcome to, to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, you're it's welcome. Great to be here. Isn't that what it's called? Lava something? Oh my god. <laughs> it's volcanoes. Earthquakes. No. Tectonic plates. No. Back rolls. No. Oh, that one. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Um, well, wow, how have you been, Spencer? Um, decent. Yeah? How was yesterday? <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> I'm busy! <laughs> I love that. I did some internal projecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, a lot of self discovery. Yeah. Okay. Just expunging the like toxic. Yeah. In my life. Did you vomit? No, you left. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I came over and then I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yep. But yes, I did. Vomit. Yes. Okay. Ew. I was not laughing. <laughs> uh, and it didn't happen until like nine later. Like. Yeah. Exactly. I. Those are. Oh, I was having a conversation with someone about, like, the amount of libations that I have sometimes. And, like, I can't remember the last time that I have um, expunged those libations um, when I was drunk. It's yeah, always, like, the next day when I'm like, man, I'm so dehydrated and feel, feel like death. So, yeah. Your body's like, you know what would be great if we got rid of more water? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should talk about next week what a hangover oh god that's that is spoopy I mean, that is that is powerfully spoopy i love that though meat sweats ew i have this have you ever had that yeah i've never had that oh i have i don't need enough meat i guess uh, it's whenever i eat barbecue i think when we went to um cancun mm -hmm. when we went to that oh my god brazil Brazilian yeah place, i think i almost got it though. <laughs> you're like ooh, i'm feeling a little clammy <laughs> It's almost like a, it almost feels like feverish, but like you don't have chills. It's just that you feel hot, Why is it like clammy. That? I don't know because it's greasy, fatty, lots of fats, lots of fat. Yeah, and protein. Yeah, that's typically what happens to me whenever I eat like several different types of meat, like sausage and brisket and dick. I want barbecue. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that last one's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> right on a nice summer day. <laughs> nice crisp. Put on the grill. <laughs> cool. Best serve. Refreshing. Unique. Never been seen before. Ah! <laughs> never been the same. Plane. Car. Another club. Bus. Another club. Bus. No sleep. Aw, how sweet. I think you sound louder than me for 
Oh, are you plugged in? Yes. Are you turned on? Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> Hello. Wow. That's a personal Excuse question, me. sir. <laughs> it is 9.30 <laughs> in the morning. Uh, Eastern time. Basically. Eastern Pacific time. Hawaiian time. time. Hawaiian time. Hawaiian time is, what, five hours behind us? I have no idea. It's seven in the morning there. It is seven in the morning. Seven, seven o'clock. <laughs> well, well, look at our podcast. Yes, we're having a little brunch podcast today. I know this is a little late, but... They don't need to know when we record. Sometimes we record on Wednesdays, sometimes we record on Fridays, sometimes we record Sunday mornings and then post it right afterwards. (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, we're just getting this new year off to a great start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah! Season two! two. Woo! We did it! This is our first episode of season two. Did what? I delete that app? Did you? Probably. Because you downloaded it just for a farcical sound, a sound effect on this podcast. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Wait, that might be like copywritten. Yeah. We can't use that one. I deleted it. Oh. Uh, you can re-download it again. Okay. Then we'll have to we'll have to just say it again. We can say season two again, and you can do the bam, 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 bam. I'm just gonna look up the rattlesnake noise. Okay, well, I'm going to discuss what we have some ideas for in Season 2 uh, while you are doing that. Do it. Um, are you going to play something? No. What are these entrances? Yep. Vines? For, that's a literal rattlesnake toys. <laughs> I think that was pretty close to what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. And I won't be taking any questions at this time, so let's move forward. So if you have your own opinions, you can keep them to yourself. Yeah. Or shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. If you have an opinion on that and you'd like to share it with us, please uh, mail it to I don't give a fuck. (laughs) At 6969 Butt Sex Circle. Yes. Um, So (laughs) anyways, uh, so let's talk about what we have for season two. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So season two, we are ramping things up, Henny. We are getting excited. We are ready because this is our second full year because we didn't actually do any other seasons. We did a full year of podcasts. I mean, that's the season. <laughs> yeah, it's a season for us. And Houston only has one. Yeah. In the summer. So yeah, basically. Technically, we're in the right here. Yeah. And I would love to push forward the narrative that... Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we will be doing some more Facebook lives for you guys because we'd like to see, like all of y'all to see our beautiful faces. Um, we also will be doing a little bit more makeup with Spencer just to add that um, as an extra layer because we did that recently and I thought that would be a cute idea to keep doing that. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, we are also going to start a new series for our Facebook Live. Tell me about this new series. So we're going to do a new series. We're going to alternate week to week. Uh, we're going to have craft cocktails with Chris. What? and Sizzling with Spencer. So I'll be making craft cocktails for us, and Spencer will be... I will be poisoning Chris. Yep. <laughs> Slowly, little at a time. He'll be like, don't tell him I put this arsenic in here. Well, now we're going to add a little bit of arsenic for a little kick. <laughs> Jeffrey loves this. Two shots of arsenic. <laughs> Do you know who Ina Garten is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no no follow-up to that. 
I just need to know that you know who Lina Garden is because she's fabulous. Well, I've seen her before, but I hadn't known her name until she did the quarantine like martini. Cocktail. Yeah, the giant mixer that she like sat on there and made the whole thing. That was funny to me. It was quite hilarious. She's my favorite because, and my entire series will be based off of this, mm-hmm. just so you know. She just makes stuff and she's like, I'm going to be making chicken piccata for Jeffrey today. It's his favorite. <laughs> Let me show you how. <laughs> just <laughs> weird smiles all the time. Just, <laughs> just me like this. And then... <laughs> Pull this out of Hello? the oven. <laughs> like as you're making it, just like, okay, you need all these ingredients. And they just happen to pull a completed one out of the oven. Like, here we go. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of food. Okay. What? I'm going to pull a completed one out and then make one. You don't have to make one. You're going to make don't the whole thing. Don't tell me how to do my job. You're going to make the whole thing right then? Yes. Oh, okay. You can do whatever you want to. It's your, your, it's your segment and not mine. I'm going to do jump cuts. Okay. Can you do that on live? No. <laughs> and cut to this. <laughs> okay. I'll be back on in about 25 minutes. <laughs> I'll show you guys how to cut an onion. <laughs> and you do it this way. Just... <laughs> LOL. Wow. Um, okay, so yeah, those are some we of have our... a lot of stuff coming up. I know. It's exciting. Oh, and Ooh. we've got All-Stars 5 coming up, too. AS5. Yep. yep. Period says. Yeah, also our finale of... RuPaul's Drag Race, Drag Race yeah. Season 12. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Yeah. That everybody's team... Team... <gasps> Jada! No! Gigi. Oh. Well, no, everybody's team Crystal. Jada. Yeah, everyone is. Twitter is very, like, solidified stand. on that. <laughs> they stand Jada. Mm-hmm. I love the other things where they're like putting her face on stuff and it's Jada Essence Ball. Jada Essence Wall. Jada Essence Mall. Jada Essence RuPaul. Yeah. Uh, She's living for it too. She just keeps reposting everything on Twitter. She's like, this is perfect. You people, you faggots. You <laughs> I love that. Listen. Um, listen. Listen. Um, <clears throat> what? Nothing, I'm just excited. Oh, me too. Um, I want to tell you about my, my uh, story today. It's very interesting. Okay, you're excited for your story? Yeah, who's well, first? You said you wanted to go first, but that was also while we were waiting in eternity for my computer to start up. Maternity. Maternity, there you go. You were pregnant for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I do have something to say first, and if I can pull it up, because I am never prepared for these things. I think I might know what it is. You want me to tell you? Yeah, tell me about it. Okay. Well, ooh, why is it doing this? Hold on. I have to move it because apparently Google is not working with me right now. Jujal. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is still not working. What are you doing and why are you doing it, sir? And ra-cha-cha-cha-chooey. New... Why is this taking so long? Okay, there we go. Um, well, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor. Do it. Baked Bones. Yes! A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. While we are growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you were a dog parent, you probably already know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. 
We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can, but what about the anxiety that we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BakeBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 10% now with promo code SPOOPY10. <gasps> S-P-O-O-P-Y-1-0. Baked Bones is an LGBTQ-owned and operated uh, business and is baked, based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the United States. I love that. I do, too. They have been working so well on Daisy um, because she used to bark just at rant everything. Like, she would hear one person walk walk by, like, because we're in, like, a little eight-person townhome complex, and so, or eight-home townhome complex, so one person walks by, she's like, <laughs> but, like, you give Somebody her... Somebody is breaking in! Yeah, exactly. And you give her some bones, and, because uh, her bark is so, like, higher pitched than Bailey's, and, like, yeah, Bailey's... Bailey still annoys me, but she doesn't bark nearly as much as hers. But hers is just like Oof. piercing, yeah. Um, and so, uh, giving her bones is just so much calming, more calming to me and to her. <laughs> so they work. They are, they definitely work. You should definitely check them out and and uh, give them a shout out too. Yeah, I agree. They have worked very well with Kennedy. Mm-hmm. There's no shutting him up. But, mm-hmm. but he's so like sweet. Five seconds of barking instead of. <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah, or a full fucking minute. <laughs> LOL. Okay, well, you are super excited about your topic, so why don't you just jump into season two, period, sis. <laughs> Mine is actually technically two Ooh, uh, topics, uh, but um, they're all uh, combined. They, they, Ooh, I mean, intertwined? Like intertwined, yeah. Oh, I love Lots that of hands word. and pies. Mm. Um, so I'm going to talk about a couple of different events. Guess what the theme is? Pies? Communism! Oh. Uh, have you ever heard of communism? I have not. Please explain to me. Oh, I are, are you going to? Oh, okay. That. Then yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you were going to tell me that you uh, were going to define it for me. <laughs> what about the United Red Army? Like the um, Chinese? They're Japanese. Okay. Wait, what? It's a group, United Red Army. No, I have not heard of them. Uh, well, they're communists. Okay. So um, they rose to infamy in the early ni- 1970s in Japan. Um, and they formed as emerging of two different groups that held power at the time. So the Marxist-Leninist-Maoist Red Army faction, led by Tsuneo Mori, and the reformed Marxist revolutionary left-wing group, Japanese Communist Party Kanagawa Prefecture Committee, a.k.a. <laughs> Keihai and Anti-Security Treaty Joint Struggle Group, led by Hiroko Nagata. Oh my god, that was a lot of That's... a.k.a. also names that are possibly this person. No, no. <laughs> The technical name is the Reformed Marxist Revolutionary Left-Wing Group, Japanese Communist Party Kanagawa Prefecture Committee. That's that's a long name. I was picturing larger hats. <laughs> I was picturing maybe just a little bit more succinct. Yeah. Can we shorten that up into like... And that's when they came up mm-hmm. with K-Hine Anti-Security Treaty Joint Struggle Group. <laughs> that's still so long. Hey, they cut it in half, okay? <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, so the purpose of the two groups joining forces was to achieve their goal of disrupting the Japanese political system to... Wait, what year was this? I'm sorry. 1970s. Okay. 70s. Wow. I was expecting before World War II. No. 
Mm, okay. Um, they wanted to disrupt the political system in Japan to enable communism to get a foothold. Okay. Uh, so Tsuneo's group, the Red Army faction, was created in a split from their parent organization, the Communist League. Their split came about due to the Red Army's insistence that militant policies were the only way to bring about change. The group stated their mission was to, quote, do something bold and different that would move the process of the revolution forward, end quote. Nagata's group split from the Japanese Communist Party after World War II. They were fairly popular in the 1960s, and their members included support from university and high school students because of their belief that higher education institutions were only acting to serve the state. So there were students that were supporting communism. communism. Ooh, yeah. yeah, interesting. Which I think happened like everywhere. Um, it happened in Americas. Well, I think. Well, I mean, especially nowadays, people support like socialist ideas, but I don't know that communism is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on board for communism. No, me neither. Um, what did the two groups have in so much in common? They were violent towards police. And they participated in robberies. Blue lines matter. Robberies. No, don't don't say that. Cut that. Um, (laughs) They brought something. Each brought something to the table for their uh, combining. The revolutionary left brought the guns, and the red army brought the money. Hmm. Okay. Um. So basically, it's a gang. Yeah. Uh, The formation of the United Red Armies was announced on July fifteenth, nineteen seventy one, in the magazine that the groups had created, entitled Juka. Juga in English, gunfire, which is a great way to you know get your ideas across to people. Just call them gunfire. Just violent. Things. Uh, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be um, for women's uh, empowerment. The magazine is called Rape. Rape. <laughs> I don't think that's what. That, you, that's not. Think, that's not how you should do yeah. that. Oh, we're empowering people. Gunfire. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. Attack. <laughs> Armageddon. Attack by Dennis Feinstein. Who's that? It's a, it's a Parks and Rec joke. Because <laughs> it's one of his colognes. Oh, uh, no. They stated their goal was to carry out a hit-and-run attack on the Japanese imperialist bourgeoisie and, quote, fight a war of annihilation of guns against wow. the Japanese authorities. I haven't heard bourgeoisie in reference to anything before, after 1900. <laughs> No, there's that one guy on the vine who was like, the wor- the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Hello. <laughs> Anyways. No. It's good. <laughs> it's it's good. It's classic. So, it's six seconds long. Hey. <laughs> vine. I don't think it is. I think it's like 10 seconds. Vines are only six seconds long. You can't be longer than that if they're, if they're something else that's just a video. Maybe it was just a video. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. The birds are controlled by the government. The people still think that. Yeah. People think that they're like video cameras. But they fly into windows. So I don't understand. They're trying to get inside your house to video cam you. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Excuse me. Open this. Knock, knock, knock. Just tap, tap with the little beep, talons. Beep, beep. Hello. <laughs> I mean, do you think that they wear fake nails? Ooh. What if they wear mittens? What if birds oh, wear mittens? Mittens are only for cats. Why? Because there was a poem about that when I was a kid. Poem? Poem. I thought you said poem. Mm-mm. Poem. You know how Martha says that word? How? Poem. Poem? I've heard that one. I'm from South Texas, so. <laughs> well, she's reading me some poems. Poems? Poems? Anyways. So, great. We've got a new club. How should we train the members? <laughs> a new club called Gunfire. It's super peaceful. It's a lot of fun. Let's see what happens. Really, you know, chill. <laughs> we got some friends. money from an army. We got some guns from another army. Let's just hang out, you know? 
I think it's great. I think this is going to be good for us. This sounds terrible. Um, so, how are we, how are we going to train them? Uh, send them to prison camps. No, murder them. Mur- oh, so two no, members, no. <laughs> two members originally belonging to the revolutionary left decided that they didn't like the direction that the group was moving. Okay, uh, so they deserted, and Nagata arranged for them to be murdered. Okay. Uh, in August of 1971, two more defectors were lynched and buried in. Inba Numa Marsh in Chiba Prefecture. Um, so, I mean, they're doing a good job. <laughs> you're killing people. You're defecting. You're 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 doing a gang. You're a cult. <laughs> you're doing cult. Um, so, by December 1971, the group moved to a former Red Army training camp in Gunma Prefecture, mountainside, uh, and initiated the process known as self-criticism. <laughs> Is that torture? (laughs) (laughs) Just weird love. Um, Kinda. With a Y. K Y I K Y K Y I A N D A. Perfect. There you go. Kinda. Um, This process uh, will help the group to, quote, strengthen their alignment with the values and purpose of the cause. Uh, yep. This began the new practice of the URA. Purging. So found out who couldn't survive torture and who could? Basically. No. No. <laughs> um, on the second week of February uh, 1972, Suneo and Hiroko initiated the purge. They directed the beating deaths of eight members and one non-member who was just there. A bystander. <laughs> You're just there? Just kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Beat him. Six others were tied to trees outside and they froze to death. Uh, Hiroko specifically targeted group members who, in her opinion, quote, took too much interest in relations with women and did not devote enough ardor to the revolution. Uh, Some were killed for, quote, attempting to escape, and one member was killed for asking for some tissue paper whilst inside of his sleeping bag. Hey, you need tissue? Fuck you! An act that Nagata apparently construed as having some sort of sexual significance. He thought that... He was jacking off and needed some... Okay. Yep. So on February 16th, police arrested Suneo Mori and Hirogo Nagata and six other of the URA members that um, were at the compound or at a nearby village. Um, five others, armed with rifles and shotguns, escaped into the winter, fleeing into the mountains, heading towards Karu... Karuizawa. <laughs> yep. Karuizawa in Nagano go. Prefecture. Uh, these five fugitives were Kunio Bando, uh, Masakuni Yoshino, Hiroshi Sakeguchi, Jiro Kato, and his brother Saburo Kato. They stopped in a location, uh, vacation lodge called Asama Sanso, owned by Kawaii uh, Musical Instruments Manufacturing. <laughs> Manufacturing. Wait, I have a saxophone from Kawaii. Kawaii. Yeah. That's interesting. They make pianos too. Yeah. Um, they entered the building and discovered Yasuko Muta, the wife of the lodge's caretaker. She was the only one in the building as her husband was out walking the dog and the lodge's guests had gone ice skating. The radicals took Muta hostage and uh, at gunpoint and barricaded themselves inside the building. The building, which is named for the nearby Mount Asama, is built into the hillside and is mostly made of steel-reinforced concrete. The top floors are slightly larger than the bottom two. 
All of the windows are covered with heavy-duty storm shutters, and the halls inside are winding, and the staircase is narrow. There's only one entrance to the building, making it a perfect stronghold and very hard for the police to storm. Interesting. Muta's husband returned and saw the barricades. He notified the police and immediately set up roadblocks and surrounded the lodge. The police initially decided to wait and see if the radicals would surrender on their own, but after three days, the police shut off the electricity to the lodge and set up loudspeakers to send messages from parents of several of the radicals asking them to stop and surrender. One of the parents was actually a member... But, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. The radicals at this point have been tortured, essentially. Uh, yeah. Because before you said the purge, you said they were like self... What was it? The self... Self-criticizing. Self-criticizing. So I assume that it was like a brainwashing kind of thing. So now you have these parents trying to do the opposite, trying to like calm them down from that, like get them out of the brainwashing situation. Also, the people that they hate the most... Yeah. The police... Yeah, and they're there like, yeah, come on out. Like, come on. Come hang out with us. Blackjacks and hookers. Um, Yeah, so they didn't come out. (laughs) I'm not shocked. Um, One of the parents was actually a member of one of the... One of the parents was a... Oh, my God. (laughs) Why did I write that? One of the parents was actually a member that was killed in the purge. No. One of the (laughs) parents was... (laughs) The parent no, no. member that was murdered. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? So they had these people, the parents come out and broadcast messages to yeah. the, the people in there. One of the parents was one of the, it was the parent of one of the people that was killed. That was in killed the in the purge. Okay. Not the parent was killed in the purge. I was like, how no. are you talking if he was killed? <laughs> beyond the grave. <laughs> Here's just a gravestone. Science. Just. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So hard felt. So moving. <laughs> uh, on February the 25th, the police moved to prepare an assault. They bought, brought in a crane with a wrecking ball. The police armed themselves with ladders, mallets, and chainsaws, and they did not begin their assault quite yet. They allowed Muta's husband to send a message over the loudspeaker, imploring the radicals to release his wife. On February 27th, the police used a baseball pitching machine to bombard the building with rocks to keep the hostages, uh, the hostage shakers awake all night. Uh, 8 a.m. February 28th, they issued their final ultimatum and moved into position. The radicals did not respond. Uh, at 10 a.m., the crane began to batter the lodge's walls. Uh, the police approached the building and began to break the barricades, and by noon, the police had taken control of the first two floors isolating the radicals and Muta on the third floor. They had difficulty accessing the top floor and decided to use high-powered water hoses uh, inserted from the roof, soaking the radicals and Muta with freezing cold water. Uh, it's because it's cold. It's Japan. Mm-hmm. Northern Japan. What time of year is this? February. So fr- fucking cold. Yeah. So just wet them. <laughs> Spray them down with hoses. That, that's probably colder than freezing outside. Oh, yeah. And you said this was a mountain lodge, right? Yeah. So definitely colder than freezing. It's probably snowing out there. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, there was like one or two pictures, but there's not a whole lot of them. But it is definitely winter. Yeah. Winter wonderland. Um, blue, blue, blue. The radicals persisted in assailing the police with homemade bombs. Oh. Two policemen, Shijimitsu Takami and Hisataka Uchida, were shot and killed in the battle. And 15 other policemen were injured. A civilian. So it's a full-on, like, gunfight. Yeah. And bomb fight, I guess. This is similar to when I was reading it, I thought it was kind of like Japan's Waco. 
or Ruby Ridge or something like that. I don't know those. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. They they uh, had a lot of guns. And there was a gunfight? Well, they were like, we're not hurting anybody. We're just selling guns on the black market. You oh, can't come in here. Gotcha. Um, and they were enseged for like weeks. Mm. Sorry. Um, mic yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, so a civilian observer who had happened into the area was also shot reportedly by the rebels and fatally wounded. Hey, who are you? Get out of here. <laughs> well, the people are in the That's house. That's not funny. The police are there. Yeah, and you're just walking by like, what's going on over here? Hey. Hey, hey guys, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> My name's Alaska. <laughs> you got a tiny little question to ask him. Who's that bitch that's with the gun? Oh, hey, it's me. Pork oh, my gosh. It looks like fun. Pork chop. Get out of there. <laughs> um, so in the evening, the police finally breached the top floor and captured one of the... Are they just, like, walking back and forth? Yeah, just that's what casual? she fucking does. One of the brothers. Uh, the remaining four burrowed into a pile of futon bedding and refused to surrender. Yep. That'll so they're stop. all just hiding under a sheet. You can't get me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, like, I'm just imagining, like, a th- like a blanket. They're just like... I mean, futon, so it's a very heavy blanket. Yeah, well, you said a futon bedding. Yeah, a pile of futon bedding. Like, the actual bed, or... Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because I guess in this thing, or in this house, they had, like, those floor mat things. And to mommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody just like slept in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, kind of what like lodging in Japan kind of looks like <laughs> for yeah. tourist things. Have you ever seen like I want to sleep in one of the ones in Japan where it's like a little like coffin box kind of thing? Absolutely, I want to so bad. You like crawl into it, just like ooh, that feels like sounds like so cozy to me. Yeah, no, no. okay. I don't like small spaces. I don't either, I really. Space. But it's not that like small, small. You can still like crawl into it yeah but you can't stand yeah because you're not supposed to you're laying down to go to sleep no i want to sleep standing up <laughs> what so are you a mummy relaxing. boo mummies <laughs> call back to season one. Oh my god oh we my can god, start saying one. that that was so long ago <laughs> like literally last year yeah <laughs> i love that we can say that now <laughs> Uh, so then the police start to approach the pile of futons. Mm. The pile of futons. Um, and Bondo shot one of the policemen, Masahiro Ando, in the eye. Oh. But he survived. Oh, wow. Um, at 6.15 p.m. The <gasps> Does he get an eye patch? Yeah. It's like Dan Crenshaw. Oh. <laughs> uh, um. 6.15, they all surrender. 280 hours after the beginning of the incident. Wow. Muta was cold, but... Wait, that's like 11, 12 days. Almost 12 days. Wow. They were in there. Yeah, they were doing it. That's almost as long as our podcast from season one. Uh, What? In their swimwear going to a pool ship? Yeah. Come down, come dry your arms. (laughs) Um, Muta was cold, but uninjured. She told the police that the radicals had not mistreated her, um, although she was tied to a bed for most of the standoff. She was probably just like... <laughs> this is the most sleep I've gotten in weeks. Just, <laughs> she did sleep for weeks. <laughs> I mean, basically. Uh, the same evening, ashamed by his son's behavior, Bando's father hanged himself in his home. The policeman? No, one of the 
fugitives. Oh, who's a po- Oh, no, his, Vando shot the policeman. Yeah. Oh, his father was just like, I'm killing myself? Mm-hmm. Wow. Seppuku. Wow. Well, Seppuku's different, but similar. I mean, it's honor. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Dishonorfully. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the five radicals were charged on six counts. Two of murder, uh, attempted murder, obstructing police in an execution of their duties, violation of the swords and firearms control law, and illegal confinement. So by this point, had Japan um, banned guns? Because Japan doesn't have guns, right? I think you can have some sorts of guns, but not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're rifles and shotguns. They're not. Like assault rif- rifles, yeah. Um, yeah. So four of them were sentenced to long prison terms, and one was sentenced to death. Wow. Yeah. Hiroko, Na- Hiroko Nagata was sentenced to death in Tokyo District Court on the 18th of June, 1982, uh, 10 years after she was arrested. Mm-hmm. On September 26, 1986, the court upheld her death sentence, and on the 19th of February, 1993, the Supreme Court of Japan upheld her death sentence. Nagata submitted a retrial petition on the 28th of November, 2006, that was denied. Uh, in prison, she wrote a few books that attracted her a support group. The group complained to the media that Nagata was being mistreated and uh, suffered from an ignored uh, brain tumor, which is true. Uh, She underwent surgery in 1984 to remove the tumor. In 2006, she collapsed from a brain atrophy and was transferred to a medical prison in Hachoiji. So wait, this is like 30 years after the incident, right? You Mm -hmm. said this happened in the 80s. 70s. 70s, sorry. Yep. Um, She was bedridden and she died a few later in 2011. Um, there was not a whole lot of info on Suneo Mori's sentencing, um, I think because he was not as vilified as Nagata. They made her out to be like this crazy, hysterical woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mori committed suicide in his cell by hanging on the 1st of January, 1973. So basically all these people were like, well, if you've captured me... They, I mean, they, they've been brainwashed to believe that being around police and all that stuff is the worst of the worst kind of thing. And so now that you are literally in police custody, they're like nothing else to live for. So might as well just die essentially. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and that's basically it, but there was one mm-hmm. uh, caveat. Uh, you remember I told you how the United Red Army was like all over. Yeah. So on August 8th, 1975, the Japanese government released Bondo and flew him to asylum in Libya in response to demands from the Japanese Red Army members who had stormed the U.S. and Swedish embassies in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and taken 53 hostages. Wow. Bondo later is believed to have assisted in the hijacking of Japan Airlines Flight 472 from Paris to Tokyo in 1977, forcing the jet, jet to land in Dhaka. He remains at large and is reportedly... That's in the United Arab Emirates, right? Dhaka? Dhaka. No, I'm... Ethiopia? Oh, yeah. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Doha. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Google, where's Dhaka? She's not listening. Hey, Google! Where's Dhaka? Bangladesh. Gotcha. That's on the way. It's close to Kuala Lumpur. No, you said it was, it was Paris. Paris to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's close to Tokyo, too. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Really. Yeah, I mean, We're they they south. flew it south, yeah. Uh, he remains at large and reportedly spent time between 1997 and 2007 in Russia, China, the Philippines, and Japan. Wow. So He was everywhere. Yeah, if you see him, <laughs> let us know. Let us know. 40 years later, let us know. And that's 50 the, years. Yeah. 50 years later, wow. Communism is crazy. Yeah. Fuck. That is crazy. 
So it was kind of like a gang, then it turned into, no, it was kind of like an army, then it turned into a gang, then it turned into a cult. It just kept on like downsizing, downsizing because people were like, oh, maybe this not. not good. <laughs> and they also kept on killing all their members. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to train you by killing you. You'll learn, right? <laughs> all I need is a tissue. I have a runny nose. Nope, nope dead. sexual. Nope, nope. <laughs> I need a tissue. No, no, no. What's scarier than murder? The tissue. No, no. no. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. That was a wild ride. We've been all over. Yeah. You know what What else goes all over? What? Jelvin's Candy Shop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you tell want me a about sweet it. treat? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Jelvin's Candy Shop. They give you the treats you want and the treats you deserve. <clears throat> Order Jelvin's Candy Boxes to bring yourself joy or to delight your friends, family, and clients. They've got gummy bears, jelly beans, Hershey's Kisses, M&M's, and they can do small orders, custom orders, and bulk orders, too. They are LGBT-owned and certified business, and 60% of their profits are donated to Sarah's house in Pasadena, Pasadena, Texas, and to the South Houston Animal Shelter. Jelvin's Candy Shop is a charity candy store and can be found at jelvinscandyshop.org. That's J-E-L-V-I-N-S-C-A-N-D-Y-S-H-O-O-P-E dot org. Dot org. Jelvin's Candy Shop. Oh, and a special <laughs> a treat for our listeners. Enter the code PRIDE10, that's P-R-I-D-E-1-0, when you place your order online and you'll receive 10% off your purchase. Yum! Um, I'm very excited about this for two different reasons. First of all, Pride season. Mm-hmm. They reminded me just now. Pride season is literally right around the corner. And it's May 24th. Even though, yeah, I know. It's, so we have a week. A week. Until a, a week. A whole week. A whole week. One week. One week. One week. Um, and then we'll be in Pride Month. And I understand that Pride Month, we don't, we, all of our celebrations have not been, um, are not here this year, but we get to celebrate. We don't get to celebrate with others. We exactly. We get to celebrate by ourselves. You get to look internally and find out what does Pride mean to you. The second thing I really love about this is that they sent our moms candies. Love they love that. They love that. Hey, hey. This is going to come a shock to you, but uh-huh. I love my mom. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. And, she loves you as candy. well. She came on the podcast. That's how much she loves you. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And she loved the candy, so. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you, Jelvin's Candy Shop. Yeah. We're here for we're, you. We're here for you as well. Um, okay, well, you want to talk about something else, Boopy? Um, on what podcast? On our Spoopy Podcast. That's oh our Spoopy Podcast. That's our Spoopy Podcast. <laughs> on Instagram.com, our Spoopy on Twitter, our Spoop on Facebook. And you want to drop us a line, shoot us an email at rspoopypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, also, one thing that I'd like to plug, please go subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Music. Yeah. What else is it? Pandora? No. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Those are the three things. We have more than that. Do we? Yeah. SoundCloud? <laughs> Not that. No, no. You don't have any fans, though. No, that's where all my fans are. They dropped off after episode three. Uh, no. <laughs> Poor SoundCloud. Nine platforms. Nine platforms. Okay, yeah. list off all the platforms for us. Um, Let me see. Anchor. Mm-hmm. Breaker. Anchor. Anchor's part of Spotify. I barely know oh. her. Oh, oh, okay. Anchor no. is the upload now, service okay. we do. Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, which is Jinker, and Stitcher. Stitcher? Hell yeah, brother. 
<laughs> I love that. Um, well, yes, I'm very excited about it. I would love for people to uh, subscribe to us, get us some more listens, put our name out there, get things going. Season two is all about us getting things out there. You know, I would really love a rating. Too. Yeah. Give, give, me, oh, give, give us a review if you want. Just call me too far left, woke. Oh. <laughs> no, it's just going to be like, I don't really understand where they're going with their... <laughs> With everything. It's very nonsensical. There's no direction <laughs> in their podcast. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure they're leftists. They're laughing about dead people and all sorts of other things. Like, what? What? <laughs> Spencer's awkward laugh. <laughs> all of my accents. LOL. Well, I did want to start off season two with kind of a bang, okay? Because I wanted to do Is something... A bang? An a bang, bang? A literal bang. Actually, yeah. It's um, I wanted this to talk to guess. you about something that Spencer has mentioned that he has been afraid of because I did one time natural disasters. So I thought another natural disaster would be Earthquakes. A+. Plus. I knew it. Um, so I'm going to talk about the Yellowstone caldera. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it because it's amazing. You're going to ask, Chris, what is a caldera? I and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> a caldera is a big bowl-shaped rock formation on the surface of uh, basically after volcanic activity has occurred, uh, creating a hollow area underneath a massive magma chamber. Or a magma chamber. Basically, it's a volcano that blew up, but it's now even a bigger volcano. Exactly. It, it's a volcano that was like, hey, I'm going to explode. But then, like, the whole top of it just, like, sank in, and so it became more of a volcano. <laughs> it's not even a mountain anymore. It's, yeah. It's just, like, a sunk Fire in. out of the ground. Yep. So whenever this, uh, whenever caldera is formed, that is what you said. There was an explosion or there is uh, an eruption that has happened previously or mag uh, a volcanic activity that has happened and has caused this entire rock formation to sink further down into the ground. Well, the sinking causes all the structural support to give in um, and basically causes the surface to fall down into the magma chamber. So whenever there's a potential for a future eruption, that entire chamber can fall further in. So the way I like to kind of, oh, and it creates more pressure, like as this continues to fall further in, the pressure builds up. And as earthquakes happen, earthquakes are basically rocks breaking. Um, and so that causes it to fall further in, causing more and more pressure. Well, I like to think about it. Speaking of champagne, we're drinking mimosas. Thank, thank you to Thomas for that. Economy works. Uh, oh, economy. Yeah, we have, we've got the commercial. <laughs> I'm ready for that. We'll plug that for our um, uh, funding us for our champagne. Champagne. Um, but yeah, so the think of it like a champagne bottle. Like you shake up the champagne bottle and then the pop flies off, but then somehow the cork like comes back in even harder. And then you shake it up and it pops off and it comes back in even harder, like causing more and more pressure every single time until basically the bottle explodes. Can um, you do this with like, a, can you get, can you make a volcano? We'll get some baking soda and vinegar. Baking soda and vinegar. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. We could just show, show what happened. Well, so the reason why. Mentos wanna... and, and pop. Ooh. Is it only Coca-Cola? Or can it be other pop? It's Coke. Yeah. It's only Coke. Yeah. It's only Coke. They tried it on Dr. Pepper, I think, and I don't think it worked. It's just oh. Coke. The chemical, uh, Composition, there you go, of Coca Cola. Composition. composition. No, um, that's a course. No, no, no. College. Co composition? One and two. Mm. Chemical composition 101. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> so, 
The reason why I want to talk about Yellowstone specifically is because it has three different calderas that have formed, um, and they're all massive. <laughs> uh, so the scientists have uh, formed what they, I'm sorry, three calderas that have formed from what scientists have deemed super eruptions in history. Uh, even though there are theorized to have been dozens in Yellowstone throughout history, there have been three major ones. We have the Huckleberry Ridge uh, explosion in, or I'm sorry, eruption, 2.1 million years ago, which was which had ejected about 2,500 cubic kilometers cubic kilometers of volume of volcanic debris. Uh, we have the Mesa Falls eruption 1.3 million years ago, and then the Lava Creek eruption 630 million years. No, 600. Damn it. What did I write, million? 630,000 years ago, which ejected 1,000 cubic kilometers into the air and elsewhere. Uh, so you might be asking, but Chris, what is all this talk of ejecting so much material? I'd like to know what's being ejected, you know? Well, I know what's ejected. Well, that's because right now Yellowstone is classified as what is a supervolcano. Uh, what is a supervolcano? A supervolcano is something that has a, a volcanic explosivity index, so a VEI of 8, which is the highest VEI a volcano can receive. Uh, let me break that down for you. That means that the eruptions have potential of greater than 1,000 cubic kilometers of volume, at least 1,000 cubic kilometers of volume, which is a lot. A thousand cubic kilometers itself is enough to bury the entire state of, state of Texas five feet deep. The entire state, five feet in volcanic debris. Where is Yellowstone again? It's in Wyoming. <laughs> uh, but don't you worry. That's that's fifteen hundred uh, miles away. So, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I know. Special shout out about supervolcanoes. One of the earliest identified VEI of an eight super eruptions was from Flat Landing Brook Formation in New Brunswick, Canada, 466 million years ago. It's wow. in Gloucester County. Gloucester. Gla I was close. It didn't have an H. It's English. We I don't, don't make no. We don't. Our words don't make any sense. Yeah. So that was the first ever like identified one. I know there's been more, obviously, but 466 million years ago, up there in Canada, you know? Well, I'll just how close to St. John's that is, because... Uh, I looked it up on a map. St. John's is pretty far, far south in New Brunswick, and this one is far north. Pretty far north. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> New Brunswick is also very small, so... Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it was far on the map, okay? <laughs> far in the county that I was looking at. Or not county, the... Um, province. Uh, anyways, so there have been about 47 VEI-8 eruptions that have been identified in history, with most recent being 26,500 years ago in Lake Taupo, uh, which is central to the North Island of New Zealand, which the entire North Island of New Zealand is basically one giant supervolcano. But you didn't know that either. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Um, the largest ever studied super eruption was the Toba eruption 2800 cubic uh, I'm sorry with two, 2800 cubic kilometers ejected about 70,000 years ago which caused about a 6 to 10 year global winter isn't that fun um, so scientists argue that there was also a Dark Ages supervolcano that erupted in 535 AD in San Salvador, El Salvador, um, which was the latest supervolcano that was believed uh, that created a hazy veil around the planet, causing famine, drought, and snow across the world. Um, I didn't read or didn't go too much in depth on this one, but I mean, I read a lot of like things from like the Byzantine Empire and, you know, uh, 
like the Byzantine Empire in Europe, and this is in Middle South America, America. Or, yeah, Middle uh, or Central South America. America. There you go. Um, and uh, they basically talk about how there was like a hazy veil over the sun at all times for like years. And so they were just like, they just said that the crops all failed. And uh, I mean, it was just a time of death and, and famine and all this other stuff. So it was kind of depressing to read about. Um, but then that was also apparently the decline of the huge like Tenochtitlan Empire. There was an empire like, because Tenochtitlan was basically Mexico. I call it Tenochtitlan. Someone can, Tenochtitlan. Yeah, someone can pr- correct me. I'm, very white, so. Well, Tenochtitlan. Anyways, so there was basically Mexico City, right? I think it was Mexico City. Um, that was a big, like, hub. And then that was noted as the decline of the empire there. Um, there was also somewhere that, like, someone had written about another empire that had a decline in East Asia, I think, in the 400s, but then they realized that their calendar was off by like 100-something years, and so that so it was just... around the same time as this. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So anyway, so that is what is considered the potential most recent um, supervolcano. Um, but now I bet you're wondering, no, not. how is this spoopy? Like, this is not quite entirely spooky, so let's go ahead and get into this. Well, let me explain the ideas and concept of what a pyroclastic flow is. Just real fast. Um, (laughs) A pyroclastic flow is a superheated amount of poisonous gases and volcanic materials, shards of glass and volcanic ash, moving away very rapidly from a volcano and an eruption. Volcano slash eruption. Can you talk about Mount St. Helens? Yeah, I'll refer to it. Um... This refers to the cubic volumes that I was using earlier. So the cubic volumes is measuring like five different things. I didn't list them all just because it was a lot of scientific terms that would bore basically everyone. But basically it's like poisonous gas, certain types of rock, uh, certain types of ash, certain types of everything. And that's all added together to to get to our numbers for cubic volumes. Um, So depending on the intensity of the eruption, these pyroclastic flows can move anywhere from about 60 miles an hour up to 500 miles an hour. Um, So the Huckleberry Ridge flow stretched from... Oh, so this is where I'm getting to the pictures here. Uh, So the... uh, the pyroclastic flows, just to give you, uh, I mean, a whole idea, these things can go very quickly. So within minutes, if you live near a volcano, you can be engulfed in these things within a matter of minutes. Um, but uh, so going to talk about, so there was three different eruptions that I told you guys about earlier. We had the Huckleberry Ridge uh, explosion uh, 2.1 million years ago. We have the Mesa Falls explosion that was um, 1.3 million years ago. And then the Lava Ridge Creek uh, or I'm sorry, Lava Creek eruption that happened 630,000 years ago. Um, so the Huckleberry Ridge flow expanded from, so mind you, this is in Wyoming, northwestern Wyoming, I believe. Um, this expanded from like the whole outer sides of everything, from southern California through northern Mexico across the panhandle of Texas to Arkansas, covering Missouri, Iowa, up through, I mean, covering Minnesota to Wisconsin and then going west across basically the Canadian border with North Dakota back over to California and like arching through uh, Wisconsin, I'm sorry, Washington and Oregon. So, to show you kind of the full overhead of the pyroclastic flows here. 
Can you see it? Oh, that that's a good. big area. See, northern, we've got the southern California going across the, the panhandle, covering up all of that all through here. So there's that. So the Mesa Falls eruption was a little bit smaller. Little, little bit smaller. Um, and that one mainly stayed around like Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming. That's kind of where it covered. Uh, but then the Lava Creek was similar to the area of the Huckleberry Ridge eruption. Uh, which expanded further south and further east, reaching the Gulf of Mexico, covering oh. almost all of the state of Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. So to show you, okay, oh, sorry, I didn't show you the Mesa Falls, not quite as large. And then we've got the Lava Creek ash bed. Oh. <laughs> oh, so Houston is right there. Right there. Well, at least it's on the edge. <laughs> right at the edge of that, yeah. Um, so... Going back to my notes here. So the speed of these eruptions is not known because this happened Millions of years ago. Yeah, a couple million years ago and a couple thousand, hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, however, it is theorized based on ice core testing by some um, that these covered large areas very quickly. Uh, they tested like fossils and things like that that were in the area at the time that they were moving pretty quickly, um, which means that if we're going to go ahead and assume they were moving at the top speed, that means that they could have expanded across these areas in a matter of three hours. <laughs> or if they were moving, let's just theorize around 200 miles an hour, the flow could have covered that whole area in about six to seven hours. Uh, so not much time to really just like, let's go, let's get out of here. And that's what I'm saying, like for the outer bank. So if you're further in, that's much less time. Yeah. Um, so. Let's use Houston for an example. The outermost no. range of the Lover Creek explosion is about 1,500 miles from the caldera, which means that the pyroclastic flow moving at its fastest could have reached our area in about three hours <laughs> after the eruption. So, <laughs> yeah, and even then, we could have traveled to... If, if we were to find out when it was happening, right when the eruption happened, we could get in our cars and start driving to Louisiana, and it would still engulf us. <laughs> So there's that. Um, so beneath the current Yellowstone caldera is a magma pool about five miles deep. Uh, five miles deep. Very large magma pool, which is what is responsible for like the hot springs and the geysers that Yellowstone is famous for. Oh, sorry. I missed something. Oh, so this means that the areas that I explained could have been covered in burning poisonous gases and volcanic ash in about hours. Uh, so anyways. Um... So they're responsible for the hot springs and geysers that Yellowstone is famous for. Uh, the current caldera, which is left from the Lava Creek eruption, is 34 miles by 50 miles. So at its furthest, 34 by 50, that's larger than the city of Houston. So there's that. Um, Yellowstone has also had cycles of eruptions between about 600 to 700,000 years um, apart. So 2113, or I'm sorry, 2.1 million 1.3 million and 630,000 years ago. So some scientists say that we are on the brink on the brink of an eruption. We are overdue for an eruption. I'm sorry. Uh, so scientists at the USGS, so the US uh, United States Geological Survey, speculate that on one uh, on speculate on what another Yellowstone supervolcano eruption could look like, stretching the volcanic ash covering most of the United States except for the eastern seaboard. Um, and most of Canada, or I'm sorry, parts of Canada, not most of Canada. 
but don't worry too much because the lava will be Oops, most too late. <laughs> because the lava will mostly be contained about 40 miles around Yellowstone. Just the lava. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we're worried about. But what we have to worry about is the ash and the gases that we have, you know, spewing everywhere. Uh, this can cause plants and animals to die out, could destroy buildings, halt and air tra travel entirely, cause entire farms and crops to be destroyed, could cause extreme weather events, and most importantly, it could cause lasting effect on the cooling of the planet. Just a perfect example, uh, the Pino Pinatubo eruption in 19... Um, sorry, I almost said 1990. 1991 cooled the planet by one degree Celsius for several years. That's about two degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. um, for several years, and that volcano only emitted five cubic kilometers of ash. So an eruption 200 times that magnitude could do what? Another global ice winter? Age. Winky face? I don't know. <laughs> Another ice age, basically. Um, so and also, you mentioned Mount St. Helens earlier. Mount St. Helens was a massive eruption that we actually remember from our lifetimes or have heard about in our lifetimes. That only emitted 0.25 cubic kilometers. Or, yeah. So very small explosion compared to uh, what is possible here. Uh, so is anyone scared yet? Anyone spooked? <laughs> Has 2020 already pushed us so far into the brink? <laughs> no? <laughs> is this the next disaster Stop! for this year? But don't worry, you can breathe, because scientists say that the odds of Yellowstone erupting this year is 0.00014%, which is lower chance than the Earth being hit by an asteroid powerful enough to wipe out civilization. The earthquakes continue around the area, which the caldera continues to rise and fall because of these earthquakes and the magma. Uh, and remember, the caldera is just ground waiting to be caved in, essentially. Um, however, scientists are not sure even that Yellowstone will erupt ever again. Uh, the North American plate continues to move southwest, forcing the magma hotspot underneath Yellowstone uh, up to the northeast, which makes the volcano weaker as it has to work harder to warm the cooling crust. Uh, so they believe the volcano is slowly dying, essentially. Uh, except that's what they said about Mount St. Helens as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how in that, because uh, it has always been something that has been sensationalized since I was younger. And I've heard it on the Discovery Channel, like, oh, my God, what would happen if the super volcano exploded? So I researched it and they were just like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> the world is going to open up and we're all going to die. Yeah, basically, yeah. So unless, like, some just random shit happens that just, like... But I also read that this... An eruption that... If an eruption was to happen, this would be, like, a lead-up of months that we would see it coming before it actually did anything. And it would... I mean, same with Mount St. Helens. Mount St. Helens started having earthquakes and started spewing gases and all this other stuff before people were like, oh, maybe it's not dormant. Um... And so at least they know that this one's active and they're paying close attention to this one. Um, so they'll know when something big is happening. And on top of that, it's not going to be just one massive explosion. It'll be like months of just emitting lots of ash and hot gases and stuff like that. So we are only supposed to be predicted in the potential that it was to happen was to get like three millimeters of ash in our area, even though we would be in the radius of their everything. It would just cause maybe some respiratory issues, but... Not oh. anything great. <laughs> not not anything ridiculous, but yeah, yeah. But it also will kill all the crops in the breadbasket of America. Yeah. So our groceries will be expensive. <laughs> or there won't be any. Well, we'll get them from other places. <laughs> Except famine in other places would also happen. Yes. Crops would be dying elsewhere. But yeah. 
I'm going to so, become a doomsday prepper. Okay. You going to prep for Yellowstone exploding? Um, I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> which doomsday? Tornadoes, super outbreaks of tornadoes, Mount St. Helens, hurricanes. See, I'm not worried no, about the, the Helens, super Yellowstone. outbreaks of tornadoes because I'm not going to live in the middle of the country. That's I true. forbid it. <laughs> I forbid it. It's not happening. <laughs> but maybe like... Alien attack? Meteor? Nuclear war. I think I think nuclear war would be the the one that I would doomsday prep for. That's probably the most uh, plausible. Because <laughs> bitches be crazy. Our president be crazy. Period says leftist too <laughs> woke. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. This wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hello. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to start out kind of spoopy. Did it scare you? I don't like that. You didn't like it? No. I thought it was bad. I thought it was under-researched. Oh my god, uh, shut up. I thought that you just waltzed in here and decided you were going to say some things that were not kosher. Oh, well, I and, did. Um, I'm upset. You talked about cults, and you know I don't like cults. Listen, they also ate people. Just kidding. No. <laughs> They were a cult that, oh my god, that would be like the intersectionality intersectionality of like me being afraid of everything. You found a cult that just ate people. You did. You researched that oh, with yeah. the... the Sonny Beans. Sonny Beans, yeah. The Chillins. Weeans. You called them Weeans, right? Weeans. Weeans. We ones. We we ones. We Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of scare you, like as yeah. our start out to season two. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a lot of good stuff in store, mm-hmm. and. You already talked about that, so you can't do it again. Yeah, but I can find other natural disasters <laughs> to talk about. Talk about a, a volcano in Italy. No, I want to talk about Krakatoa. They didn't mention Krakatoa in this. I read Where's a book. that one? It's in Indonesia, Java. 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 They have a lot of coffee there. I don't know. That. I don't think that's true. They it's probably nice. do. Mm-hmm. Coffee grain grows in rainforests. Coffee. coffee grains rainforest. Did you know? No. Yeah. That there is a rainforest in Canada. Yeah. The boreal forest. Yeah, and there's one in Australia too. What? Yeah, Australia. Any rain there? Yeah, exactly. It's like a. T- I think they, they call it like a temp. It used to be. They call it a temperate rainforest. Temperate. Where are the trees? Um, actually, they're beautiful. The rainforest is beautiful. I went to it. But where is it? Uh, so when it's like just so Australia is mostly coast. Yes. <laughs> so like when you go into like once you go over the ridge, then it's desert. Then it's no, it's not desert. Desert's like internal country. It's rainforest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, on the outsides. Yeah. So you've got a beach, then you've got the rainforest, and then in the very middle is the desert. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, the bush. You remember those Magnum candy or the ice cream bars? Yeah. Where it's chocolate and then caramel and then chocolate again and then ice cream. Yeah. So it's like that. Kind of, yeah. And the ice cream in the middle is the big rock. Uluru. There you go. Yeah. Uluru. I knew that word before you said it. I don't think you did. You're a liar. Ululu. Maluma? Oh, Maluma. Maluma. Same thing. Uluru. Maluma. Same thing. You is such a weird vowel. Well, there's also a W. Did you know that? Yeah, surprisingly not what you think. It's not. I've tried to put them together before. And it does, it does not, not does not work. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Stupid. Ooh. Oh, well. Well, do you have anything else we need to talk about? Um, no. Okay, well, I have something. What? I want to talk about 
First of all, we want to thank our sponsor for bringing us delicious mimosas today. It's not even a cocktail. Is cocktail? It a cocktail? It can be a cocktail if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Anything's a cocktail Mamosas. if you imagine. What? Mamosas. Mamosas. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works. Economy Works. It's a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, mar- conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economy works at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. Did I get it right? <laughs> I did it. Shout out. Hey, Economy Works. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was a good episode to start out season two. We scared yeah. each other, you know, scared communism and cults. Hey. That's that's a good combo. That's a terrifying combo. Communism and earthquakes. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? They go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Co- communists holding earthquakes. Come in. <laughs> Well, if you have any other suggestions for what Sweepy Podcast can do for you in season two, let us know because we'd love to help um, and we'd love to provide to our listeners. You've made it this far, girl. Hey. If you've made it. Listened for five days. Five days, five hours, and 58 minutes before this. So You literally have nothing but time. Yeah. You you apparently have time. So just keep listening. Keep listening. Give give us all of our thoughts. I'm sorry. All of us. uh, Give us all of our thoughts. Give us all of your thoughts. I've lost mine. So if you can help me find them. (laughs) Can I have some? (laughs) It would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to another great year of podcasting. Yes! Getting crazy and doing stupid shit. That's yeah. what we do. So should we just get spoopy, spoopy with it? <laughs> <laughs>